Hello and welcome to the Disruptors podcast. This is the final part in the interview and conversation with the most hated controversial man on the planet, Andrew Tate. Me and Rob sit down to debate and debrief and reflect upon our interview with Andrew Tate. If you haven't listened to the previous three parts, go back and listen now. Let's just get straight into this. You're going to hear our raw, honest, open opinion, nothing off the table from the Andrew Tate interview. But remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Welcome to Disruptors. I'm Rob Moore and I'm here with our head producer, Harry. This is a full debrief of the four hours we spent with Andrew Tate and the three and a half nearly hours of content that we produced. Now, maybe you've already watched that content, maybe you've landed on this video for the first time, but this is the last video in a four-part series of an interrogation of Andrew Tate, a challenge of Andrew Tate, and I think a lot of questions and content that maybe you've not seen before. So we're gonna debrief it and pick it to bits and analyze it. And just before we get started, if you haven't seen the videos with Andrew Tate, they're all in the description, go check it out below. Right, first things first, Rob, set the scene. This happened last minute, and we flew literally halfway across the world to shoot it. So set the scene, tell me about it. Yeah, so we got the interview agreed two weeks before we flew out to Dubai. And then it changed and we were literally about to book everything and a um, couple of business class flights and hotels. You'd rather not lose that money. But probably five minutes before we booked the flights and the accommodation, the date got changed, <laughs> which is standard for us. We're actually here waiting for um, Chris Eubank, one of our guests, and he's had to change the time. This happens a lot. You have to be ready for it. It's different being in London like we are and our guest turning up late. But when you fly out to Dubai, which is what, six and a half, seven hour flight, um, and you're there for three days, the last thing you want is 30 minutes before to be told, oh, sorry, this is off. So the date got changed once, but we hadn't booked the flights and the accommodation. And then it got agreed a second time and we got a guarantee that this is in and to be fair, we've got a guarantee that there's no real um, deadline of time. He'll turn up, he'll give you however much time you want. Because normally they've got a set amount of time, an hour or whatever. Um, so yeah, we flew to Dubai. I used my air miles. I'm an air mile millionaire. You're yeah, a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, uh, millions of air miles. Never really used them. So that, that gave us a, you know, look, I don't mind paying for nice things, but I like getting value better. So I treated Harry to a business class. Have you ever flown business class no, before? No, it was stupendous, yeah. by the way. Yeah, you were champagne, red wine. Living the dream, beef. but <laughs> yeah. lots of beef, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we flew out, um, we landed in the evening, pretty much went to bed, and then up for the day. And actually we interviewed, I would pretty much say he's Dubai's version of Mr. Beast. We pulled that off last minute before we interviewed. His name's Mo Vlogs, check him out. And then Andrew Tate turned up 20 minutes early. So what were your impressions of Andrew Tate before you did this podcast? Did you love him? Did you hate him? And were you ready to be hated because you would be interviewing him? So when he turned up, he turned up 20 minutes early. 
and he came up and shook Harry and Adam's hand and I thought it was very polite. I thought he was, I wouldn't say humble or reserved, but certainly wasn't in your face. And um, what the perception that people have of him, he was a much more subdued version of that. Um, he sat down, we had a chat, and then he sort of, when he knew we were gonna go live, he sort of came up into like um, fighting stance. <laughs> so like into position, and you could see a marked um, increase in his energy, his aggression, his testosterone. Um, like he gained face on, bringing it, this is war. Like there was a switch that he's got on the back of his head. There was a marked change. And then afterwards we swapped numbers, we had a bit of a chat, and then he left. So I, I like to judge people based on my experience with them. And I think that most people are capable of evil. evil. And I think that most people are capable of evil and most people are capable of good. I think we're all capable of saying things which are going to upset someone. And we're all capable of being kind and doing nice things for people. Um, and in the interview, I saw the extremes of those. But behind the scenes, quite frankly, I liked him. It was polite. It was chill, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Right. I've got some quotes and some talking points from the interview. So can I just shoot some of them at you, Rob? And I really want your raw, honest, unfiltered take on some of these because obviously when you're talking to Andrew Tate, controversial shit is going to be said. Right, so first thing, Andrew Tate said, trauma masculinizes women. What do you think? I'd never heard anyone say that he likes women to be protected because it maintains their femin femininity, not feminism, <laughs> and that too much the world beating you down and trauma and pain masculinizes them. And he likes women to be feminine because he believes there are great feminine qualities in women. I actually went back and talked to my wife about that and I said, what do you think about that? And she was like, yeah, I'd not thought of it like that. I'd never actually thought of it like that. But if you're just asking me, do I want a woman that's more like a man because the world is made her into a warrior or do I want a pure, delicate, innocent female? I'd take the latter. That was that would be my preference of a a female I would be want to be in a relationship with. So I mean the world makes your face look like leather. So you know someone who's battle scarred and hardened. You know someone who's been through a load of shit and it does harden you up and toughen you up. It makes you more stoic, it makes you more circumspect, it probably makes you more paranoid, more skeptical. The world can beat that shit into you. When you're a child, you're naive and innocent and you're probably more trusting because you don't know how like hard the world is and how much evil is out there. And I think that was the point that he was making that pure femininity is innocence and pure masculinity is I went through the shit and the trauma. I've got the wrinkled leather face. I'm a tough fucker and I protect your femininity. We've been doing this for years and I've seen every interview we've ever done, obviously going on the road with you all over the place doing this. I've seen it all. There was one thing I found really poignant and I could tell it really affected you and I've not seen it like this before. But Andrew said, you're not a man until your father dies. And you mentioned that it's something you know that's coming 
but it, it almost, I could tell there was a fear, that element too. So what did you take from that, that moment with Andrew? Yeah, one of my greatest fears in my life, probably in my top greatest three fears, is the day I know is coming, which is when my dad's going to die. It's going to happen to all of us. Of course it's going to happen to all of us, Mark, but my dad is, is in his late 70s and he's been battling with bipolar. Mm. My dad is a tough, hard, mother, northern... <laughs> um, so, yeah, I felt, the, um, I felt the pain in what he said. And that is definitely one of my greatest fears. But I don't agree with what he said. It's not that you're not a man until your father dies. It's just that it probably gives you that added layer of experience in life. So technically he's wrong because there is no rule that says you're only a man when your father dies. But I think he was simplifying it. And I think what he means is you don't know what it's like and the pain that you feel and it toughens you up when your father dies. And my father hasn't died, so I can't comment on that yet. But I'm fucking scared of that happening, definitely. You also said all solutions eventually end with violence. What do you think about that? So I've not thought of our society being as raw and violent as it was thousands of years ago in tribes. I, in some way, before lockdown, by the way, before lockdown, I kind of thought, well, we're a much more evolved, civilised society. Lockdown has showed me that actually we've de-evolved somewhat, I feel. And I don't know how much more um, civil we are. But whilst we might not be as overtly violent as we were 10,000 years ago, the threat of violence is still as clear and present as it was 10,000 years ago. And the way Andrew explained it was that in the end, if you resist enough, it ends in violence. If you don't pay your parking ticket, in the end, it ends in violence. If you don't adhere to what the police officer says on the street, in the end, it ends in violence. If you disagree and cannot agree, in the end, it ends in violence. And so that threat of violence there, and I guess your willingness to go there like if I'm more willing to fight you than you are to fight me I've probably got power over you the police are probably more willing to fight civilians than civilians are to fight police so they have power over them and this was his point so I've not really thought of it like that because I'd naively thought we were a more evolved civil society I don't think we are I think we're de-evolving back and just because we don't cut each other's head off with axes and you know, murder the kids and rape the women and take over the, the village. You know, we just press buttons and hit nukes now, don't we? But it's no fucking different. There's war everywhere. There's always war going on. We just do it dressed in a suit and pressing buttons now. No different. <laughs> We're still chimps. Chimps in suits. <laughs> yeah. What is something from your conversation you absolutely agree with and vehemently disagree with? I disagree with him referring to women as bitches mm. and hoes. Mm. There's some hypocrisy here because I use the F word and I'm not exactly Mr. Articulate like our next guest, Chris Eubank. I use the C word. Yeah, you use the C <laughs> word, yes, a lot. So I realise that we're all hypocrites and there's paradox. But I have a, a horse in this race that my son is 12 and he listens to Andrew Tate. 
and my daughter is eight and she wants to watch this episode with Andrew Tate. And um, yeah, I don't think naturally you should refer to women as bitches and hoes. Um, he did say he did it for comedic effect. And if you're a comedian and you've got a, a gag and you say that, I'm okay with that. And he did make the point that most music videos in certain types of genre are even worse. And that is correct. Does it make it right? Does it make it right? Or does I don't know. But then I'm not soft. So it didn't really bother me that he said it. I just don't agree with it. Um, he said that there is an... He's, had, he's lived a past life mm. and we didn't get a chance to go there. He slipped away like a slippery eel with Vaseline all over it. But um, I'd like to have gone there. I've got no proof that there's a past life. Um, so I can't say I agree with that, but it doesn't mean there's not. I've got no proof. What did I strongly agree with? Um, I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but I don't care. I agree that de depression is an individual perception. I do. Um, now, I'm not saying that there may be trauma and maybe some people might be more chemically or emotionally triggerable to depressive thoughts. Um, but the pharmaceutical industry has an ulterior motive to drug you I'm not saying that I know what's really going on, but I, I think this is an accurate statement. The pharmaceutical industry have a motive that serves them to send you their product, which is drugs, and they are disincentivized to make you better, and they are incentivized to keep you reliant. Now, what... Drugs that make us happy are mostly illegal. Drugs that remove our depression are mostly legal. And I've seen this in my dad, Harry, so I've got some experience in this. My dad is medicated heavily yeah. on mood stabilizers for his bipolar. And what it's done is it's taken his extreme highs and brought it down. But my dad as a human being and the personality and character of who my dad was is gone. It's gone. All there is is a, a tiny mid-bound frequency of non-emotion. Now, is bipolar a, as they, they called it, manic depression? Manic depressed, manic depressed. Um, is that an illness? Well, there's a theory that illness is the opposite of wellness, um, and that disease is dis-ease. So here's what I'm gonna say on this subject. Don't let anyone else diagnose you or medicate you. Don't immediately go to a conventional practice where you will be given drugs. First, try and learn about your mind and your emotions and go and talk to some people who are professional at giving you guidance and advice. Is there a difference between feeling sad and being suicidal?
For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496-878-153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. Absolutely, yes. And of course, if anyone's feeling highly depressed or suicidal, get professional help. Go and talk to people. Don't be in an immediate rush to get yourself medicated for the rest of your life. Talk to a professional first. But I think understanding the difference between I feel physically, emotionally and chemically ill and unwell, there's a difference between that and I feel sad or I feel depressed. There's a difference between mental illness and mental health. And for me, mental health is something that you can manage. And too many people are making out that they're clinically depressed when in reality they're just sad or they've just had some stuff happen to them. So this line of mental health and mental illness, this is the blurred line, Harry. And as damaging as some people might say it is, to say that depression isn't a thing like Andrew Tate does, it can also be damaging to diagnose people and drug them up when actually they haven't got mental illness. They've just got low mental health. They're my thoughts. Is that obviously he said in the in the podcast it doesn't exist. He doesn't believe in it in the same way so he doesn't believe yeah, in no, ghosts. He now that's the thing. And let me make my comments clear and Andrew Tate's comments clear. He did not say it doesn't exist, he says he doesn't believe in it. Um that's what he said. He made the difference. He will not allow his reality to accept that depression is a thing. And I think that's quite a good solid mindset. If you decide something and it is done, this is the power of the human will. You can decide today and you can lose 50 pounds. You can decide today and you can build a building. You can decide today and we can design flight. You can decide today and we can go to the moon. It's pretty fucking amazing. If we can do all that, we can decide today that we don't own depression. Just because a lot of society have become weaker and are confusing mental health with mental illness. And I've got a dad who's got bipolar. 
So, um, that being said, had my dad not been medicated, who fucking knows what would have happened? Mm. And if you're asking me, would I prefer a balanced and regulated version of my dad or an unmedicated version of my dad? Well, it depends. For my mum's sake and my family's sake, I'll take the numbed, medicated version of my dad. Hi, it's Rob again, and remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Have you yet joined the Rob.team platform? You can join on Facebook or on my native Rob.team membership area. For just five pounds or $5 a month, cancel any time. You get 10 pieces of premium content from me a month. Supporter and team only events, meetups and social dinners. Supporter only ask me anything lives with me every two weeks. About five or six, uh, seven day challenges a year, make cash challenges social media challenges, competitions and prizes. You get discounts and premium ticket upgrades to special events we run. Many of those are supporter only. You get content updates from my three Facebook account managers um, on Instagram and Facebook uh, changes and hacks. You get recordings of all webinars and live stream content I do, which I don't offer out to the public. You get an extra 10% of any and all of my trainings, even the best discounts. You also, if you're one of the first 60 people to go to www.rob.team, get a 15 minute one-to-one -one call with me. And once you've done your first month subscription, I'll be doing those in order. And if you're one of the first 256 people, you get into a supporters team only WhatsApp uh, group. You get my mobile number and we share strategies and tactics. You also get bonuses updated every two weeks. Things like how to write a best-selling book course already in there. Um, all my marketing KPIs that you can use to measure and master your business, how to dramatically increase your fees, um, pre-book PDF documents, my six-stage, seven-figure launch course, which was a previously paid-for course for about 500 people online. So you get all that updated regularly. Go right now to www.rob.team. See you there, and you can join either on Facebook if, you're, if that's your social media platform of choice, or on the specially uniquely built platform that I have created just for you. I think you're gonna love it. www.rob.team. I mean, Kanye West at the moment. I was just about to talk about, yeah. Go on then. No, no, go for it. Yeah. I was... It looks like he's got bipolar. I would agree, yes. And um, bipolar to me looks like mental illness, not mental health. And, um, yeah, because I've seen it in my dad, it's pretty scary. I was about to say, I know we're going slightly off topic here, but do you see traits in your dad that you do in Kanye West? I don't know. I have in others, but I won't mention them on camera. But we've interviewed one of them on our show. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, there's a few other things we need to um, just go through and get clarified just before we wrap up, because we don't want this episode to be too long. So there's just a few more points I want to go over with you, Rob. There was a real heated debate about property and real estate. Break it down, tell me your thoughts about your conversation about that. So many Americans believe that you shouldn't own your own home. And Andrew Tate is one of those. That it's a noose around your neck, you can't travel as well. Um, that the banks have got control over you. That it's a liability because it takes money out of your pocket that you're in debt to the system and the banks for d decades. Uh, and I have been one of the few people that quite strongly disagrees with that 
because your own home is your castle in which you can build your empire. Your own home will double in value every 12 to 15 years in the UK. Your own home is security and it's better than a pension and you own it. Your own home is security against loans you might need in the future. Um, your own home, you can spend money on doing it up and adding value that you can't on a rental. So from an, and here's the thing no one talks about, Harry. There's a big difference between an asset and an investment and most people don't know what it is. An asset is something that produces income. An investment is something that you invest money in for a future return. I believe your own home is an investment, but it's not an asset. And all the Americans say, don't own your own home because it's not an asset. What they mean is you pay a mortgage out rather than get rental income in. But right now, anyway, you can Airbnb some spare rooms if you need to make up the difference. There's stuff you can do. But your own home is definitely an investment. An investment in the future, an investment in your children. I don't want to bring my children up in a rental. I don't want to... You know, I've got lots of nice things that are in my house. I've got a big garage with all my cars. I have to install a massive security system. And I've made all of the interior really nice. I'm not going to do that in a rental. And all of that stuff adds value to my property. Now, what Andrew said to me, because we, we argued yeah. over this, and he said, my demographic is 18 to 25-year-olds. And actually, if you are 18 and getting a mortgage is going to financially kill you, but you want to travel the world and you want to work from your phone or your laptop... Actually, you don't have to rush and buy a house. And I agreed with that. And also, houses used to be much more affordable. If you look at wages have not gone up in line with house prices anywhere near. It's really hard to get on the property ladder. I agreed with that. But if you're thinking purely from investment and home base and building your empire and return on money, it is far better to own than rent. Well, Andrew said, you don't own shit. And he said, even if you own your property cash, you don't own it. The powers that be, if you piss them off, you don't pay your parking ticket. You go to court, the bailiffs come, you tell them to get fucked. You know, eventually, your house will be taken. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah. Ownership. We could do a whole podcast on what is ownership. Because um, I own hundreds of properties. But if I don't pay my mortgage for three months, they're getting repossessed. So you could argue, well, who owns it really then? I actually talked to my business partner about this because he's very technical and he said, well, we've got the title deeds. Mm. So we actually do own it. Um, yeah, we do. But if we don't pay our mortgage for months, then you find out who really owns it. I threw it back on him because I think he changed his, not changed his mind, but I, I think he went from I own it to I don't want to own it. I don't own anything to I own things. He slipped, his language went into different tenses. And, um, but I said to him, you own nothing. When he was trying to say to me about what you own, technically, like when you're dead, you own nothing. And also, does, does it matter if you legally own that phone or not? What matters is how much it costs you while you own it and if you can control it. So with Andrew Tate being cancelled and having, he said, $11 million of money frozen in his accounts, and having all of his merchant accounts and his banks literally frozen, he said, I now don't want to own anything, but he wants to control it. So he wants to control property and he wants to control assets, i.e. maybe own them in trust or whatever. So actually, I'd rather control than own. Like some of my cars I don't technically own, but what does it matter? 
What do, if, if, I have a car, if I buy a car outright and I own it, and then I sell it in five years, I owned it for five years. If I get a lease on a car for five years, I had the car in my possession for five years. I didn't technically own it, but what's the fucking difference? So actually, I don't give a fuck really whether I own it or lease it or rent it or control it. What I care about is, am I controlling it? Am I using it? Is it mine? And am I paying the least amount to have it, to own it? And am I secure so they can't fucking take it off me? You said something really powerful I really liked during that conversation. You said, I don't own my properties, but I own the income they produce. Yeah. Yeah, so technically, I've got the title deeds to all my properties. But technically, you could say the, the monarchy, they own all the land, technically, <laughs> couldn't you? Because a lot of people are concerned about ownership. In, in, in a communist country, you get big, they'll just take it off you. And people are arguing this is coming in. I don't really think it's coming in the Western world for a long time. So if everything went back to violence, the monarchy can take my land off me, my property. Technically, technically, it's not going to happen. Um, How do you know? Because if they do that, then I will stand outside my house with a weapon and I will fucking murder them before they take the house that I've raised my children in. Everything leads back to violence. There you go. If there's a choice between them taking my house so my family and I don't have anywhere to live and me fighting them, I'll fight them. That's why I don't think it'll happen, because there'll be a fucking revolution. They took Abramovich's houses. Yeah, well, uh, did he own all of everything that he owned, or was he um, somewhat controlled by Putin? It does, it does happen, and it does happen today. In the yeah, and, and he went back to Russia because he was essentially sent back there, and he'll be all right. <laughs> um, I own the income. I own the appreciation in capital, but if you want to get really technical about it, don't own anything. What you do own is your gold. What you do own is your watches. What you do own is your art. What you do own is your wine. What you do own is your silver. What you do own is your Bitcoin. Like, they can actually come and take my house because it's pretty fucking obvious where I live and they'll find it. <laughs> it's got a flag. But they're, they're only going to own my watches and my gold if they can find it. Love it, should we do a quick fire? Do whatever you want. Is Andrew Tate misunderstood? Yes, Andrew Tate is misunderstood, but he's also said some radical things, which um, if you look at them on face value in a clipped TikTok, make him look bad. But yeah, he's misunderstood. Is Andrew Tate a narcissist? Yes, Andrew Tate is a narcissist. No, Andrew Tate has narcissistic qualities, which he pretty much admitted. What's the difference? The difference is, we didn't see a narcissist when he came to spend four hours with us. But I bet you if I um, defamed him, challenged him to a fight, tried to compete with his companies, I bet you some narcissistic traits would come out. We pretty much said it. So I actually think every human being has narcissistic qualities. Like, if you felt threatened by me, would you publicly shame me if I threatened you enough? 
my backup is against the wall and there's no way out. I'm a creature trying to survive, aren't yeah. I? Any creature will do what they can yeah. to survive. Yeah, would you, would you lie to defeat me if you were threatened? If I was going for your family, would you lie? I would do anything. Yeah. So when, when our values are threatened enough, I know I've pulled off some wildly narcissistic traits. I don't label myself as a narcissist. Interesting. That's just a, a word that's, that word is weaponized. Yes. Yeah, by the way, most people who go and blurt out that people are narcissists, they need to take a look in the mirror because they're mostly narcissists themselves. Delusion is a trait, I believe. Mm. Narcissistic trait. They think everyone else is and they can't even look in the mirror and look at themselves. Before we went live, you told me you had um, one of your clients who cancelled from one of your membership sites because, well, death by association. You've interviewed Andrew Tate. Fuck you, don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. So, what was that? Chris Eubank there for a second. Yeah. Um, are you prepared to be hated for talking to Andrew Tate? Yeah. Because if someone hates me just for interviewing him, well, then they have the problem, not me. Here's the thing. No one's listened to the interview yet and people are starting to already hate me <laughs> but they haven't listened to the interview at the time of recording how how do they not know at the time of recording how do they not know that everything that andrew tate is accused of i didn't challenge him like a like a jewel in armor how do they not know that they don't know that so they perceive how andrew tate is based on a few videos they've seen online and maybe some of the well definitely some of the things he said are some of the language he has used is misogynistic or insensitive or offensive language does that make him that as a person well you'd have to judge for yourself i've met him spent four hours with him spent a lot of time messaging him back and forth i've made my own judgment i don't i do my best not to judge people until i've met them until i really know them so if someone's going to cancel from my company and, and all of a sudden judge me just because I went out to Dubai to meet him, they're judging. So they don't, they don't like what Andrew Tate is about, but they're judging me. I think one of the biggest weaknesses in the human psyche is judgment. Like it is the more judgment, the less intellect. Like who, who am I to judge? I'm not a perfect human being. So who am I to judge anyone else? So those judging me by association, who are they to judge? What are they, an, an, a flawless, perfect human being who's never made any mistakes? No, they're not, and nor am I. So who am I to judge? But if I judge you, I don't learn from you. So I've already dismissed you as a, uh, an irrelevant and useless human being. Whereas if I wait and reserve judgment, then I can learn from you. Obviously, this isn't your first rodeo. You've been here before with Katie Hopkins, David Icke, and other people you've interviewed. Jordan Peterson, again, this kind of whole drama that started with it. Have you just learned this through experience then? Yeah, I guess I'm 43 and I've got a leather face now. <laughs> you know, I've, my dad isn't dead yet, thankfully, but I've got some battle scars, mostly in business. You know, business can be fucking brutal. And I navigated a company with more than 100 staff through lockdown when it was illegal to run my business. And I navigated it through. And most of those still work for me. And I'm really proud of that. And I took some beatings and I took uh, many months, even years without 
taking salaries and I paid all my staff and I didn't pay myself and I've got residual income from loads of assets and that kept me going and I, we have millions in cash stored for this very fucking thing but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm weathered and I've gained experience through I think business everyone should be an entrepreneur if, if one so you're decentralised so the government haven't got control of you but two for the fucking lessons you get in entrepreneurship like for example if you don't like conflict and you don't have a business all you do your whole life is run away from conflict but if you have a business you can't run away from conflict you can't in the end you have to fire them in the end you have to sell and that creates conflict so business is the great life teacher because it forces you because in your social network you can just oh don't like conflict i just won't talk to that person i don't like that i just won't say that and you can you just keep hiding from everyone you can't in a company i can't hide from my hundred staff so Judgment, here's why um, I've learned that judgment is a flawed human trait. I am an imperfect human being. And most of the things I might judge others for, I've probably done to someone else. Like, you know when you get ghosted and you get really fucked off? Oh, they ghosted me, that's fucking outrageous. I'd never do that to anyone. Yes, you have. Everyone's ghosted. You know when you get pissed off that people don't reply to you? You don't reply to people. You know you got screwed over in a relationship? Well, you screwed someone over in a relationship. We've all done most of the things, not murder. Most of us haven't done that. But most of the things that are legal, we've all done. And yet we judge everyone else for it. I fucking hate it when people are late. I get so offended. Yet they're late all the time. So don't be a fucking hypocrite. And most human beings have good traits that you can learn from. But when you judge them, you can't learn from them. And I want to learn from everyone. Can Tate be trusted? Well, it depends on what? Your money. Can Tate be trusted to turn up to an interview on time and give you a, a lot of his time? Yes, he can. Can he be trusted with your woman? Fucking hell, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think he's got a lot of girlfriends. I'm not, I'm not introducing my wife to him anytime quick. Can, I mean, what, what is can you be trusted with what? Would you trust him with your money? Depends how much. Six figures. What, just give it to him? Yeah. I invest in myself. I invest in my own assets. I probably wouldn't give anyone six figures because I know how to invest. So I probably wouldn't trust anyone. Someone has asked me for a 500 grand loan. I can afford it and I could get a return on it, but I ain't fucking giving it to them because I can make a better return on 500 grand myself. So it's not that I wouldn't trust Andrew Tate with six figures. I'd trust myself better to, to leverage it better. But you trust Mark with your money. Would yeah, you, that's, would you trust that's him true. in the same way? Would you trust my, Andrew? My wife and my, and my business partner, I trust them with six figures, believe you me. They've both had seven figures, eight figures. <laughs> so I, I trust them too, yeah, with that, that sort of money. I mean, I just sign pieces of paper and just send Mark, I've sent millions of pounds and just sign pieces of paper. You've probably seen me, he's put these big contracts, and don't know what that is, debenture. <laughs> um, but they're probably the only two. Is Andrew Tate a misogynist? Andrew Tate has said some things provocatively and probably intentionally to stir up controversy. Um, I don't know him well enough to say if he is a misogynist. He has probably said some things which could be defined as misogynistic. There is a difference. That technicality is, you know, are you an angry human being? No. But do you get angry? 
Yes. Are you a rude human being? No. But you can be rude. So has he done misogynistic things before? Probably. Is he an holistically misogynistic person? Probably not. And by the way, what's a misogynist? Are you telling me the fucking extreme woke left definition of a misogynist? Or the real definition of a misogynist? Because there's a difference, big difference. Andrew Tate says he will be assassinated. Is that conspiracy BS or is there truth to that? Well, I hope he's not because I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, in some ways, living in fear of assassination would be way worse because I can't imagine living feeling like you're going to get assassinated. Where, where could you turn? I hope not. I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't got a lot of proof for a lot of the things that he says has happened to him, so I couldn't judge. Does anyone have any proof about who controls the world? Well, this is the thing. What, the two things we always want to talk about to our guests on the podcast are who controls the world and do we have freedom of speech? It's good clickbait. Well, well <laughs> you, you like it as clickbait, but yeah. I like it as in I want to know the fucking answer to both of those questions. So, that, so I, I ask them out of interest. Like, if you're working for a company, would you want to know who the owner is? Yeah. If you're buying a car, would it be useful to know the, the history of ownership of the car? 100%, yeah. But we don't know who fucking owns the world. Does anyone? I want to keep asking. Who owns the world? Tell me. Let me know in the comments. I will keep asking who controls the world. But here's the thing. Have I ever been given a name or names? No. I get generic. Cabal, Illuminati, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the Rothschilds. I mean, this is just freaking verbiage. But if they're fucking good at it, you're never going to know. Um, are there powers greater than me that have greater inf influence on the planet? Definitely. Um, but I ask everyone and no one knows. Final question. How has the conversation with Andrew Ch Tate changed your life? Well, I'm cutting out sugar and I'm getting more fit again because I've, I've got a bit lax. Um, my wife keeps telling me she loves me how I am and she's not interested. You know, if I have a six pack and look my best. So I've probably relaxed a bit too much. Used to train quite a lot. Um, I've just gone up a size in clothes and that always causes me a lot of trauma. So um, he, with his dedication to fitness and fighting, that uh, I, I get that every couple of years where someone triggers me. My friend Jay Alderton, he's in great shape. He's definitely inspired me. We had James Smith on the podcast. Mm. So he's definitely given me that charge. Also, I've got Rob.team, got nearly 10,000 members. It's a brilliant platform. And Andrew Tate's got his Hustlers University. And, you know, he's, from what I can understand, got a lot of members and he's created a really powerful marketing product there. So that's definitely inspired me. Um, I think he's a great orator. Him, Nigel Farage, Jordan Peterson, know them all, interviewed them all. They are very good orators. Um, and if you look at, say, for example, the difference between some of our past prime ministers, Churchill um, or people like that, and then Liz Truss, or even <laughs> Boris. You know, Boris had charm. You might not have liked him, but he had charm. But Liz Truss was inarticulate with her speeches and she was a bit nervous and made mistakes. And, you know, being a good orator is a powerful tool. And Andrew Tate is a great orator. And I saw the difference between 
camera on, camera off. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Are you more pumped to get your fitness to a standard you want or make more money? I mean, money makes me horny, Harry, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I love making money. Money is a tool. And it's a brilliant tool. And we were talking about this on the way back. Like, when I was a kid, I had the tiny little Swiss Army knife. Do you remember the red Swiss yeah. Army knives with the cross on I had one, yeah. Yeah, mm. I had the tiny one with a knife and a saw. And my friends had the big fat one with a screwdriver and a magnifying glass and the tweezers that you pulled out and the toothpick and everything. And for me, I want money is, the more money you have, it's the bigger Swiss Army knife with all the tools. That's what money is. And, you know, I'm on a mission to change the world to help people get better financial education and knowledge and make, manage and multiply money. This is why I've got Rob.team. This is why I write my books on money. So, yeah, I'm de definitely, like, well, I'm always on a mission to make more money, but also to offer fair value. So when I go to bed at night, I'm like, yeah, I'm making good money, but I'm doing good in the world. And that's important to me. Right, Rob, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I think we should do it more often. Uh, just let the people know what's coming up on the show. Obviously, we've got more exciting guests, and then give me a call to action. All right, so we've got Chris Eubank turning up in 20 minutes, hopefully. Um, we've got... That should be the episode after this goes Right, yeah, yeah, next episode. Yeah. Although we might change our schedule. We've got Katie Hopkins part two. Of course, two. I forgot. That's yes. going to stir things up. And here's why I want to interview her before people cancel me for associating. Um, I said to her in my episode, first question, you should have your own podcast in case you get cancelled. I didn't use those words because it's before cancel culture. And what happened? She got fucking cancelled off everything and had no ability to communicate with anyone. And so I want to get a post-cancelled Katie Hopkins, who's actually now, I think, doing quite well in America and TikTok has been good for her. So that's one of the main reasons that I want to. Well, I mean, we've had some great guests agreed, but I probably won't say their name. Just for now. It's never official until they're sat there right. Exactly. I always do worry that, I mean, we've had, the bigger the guest, the probably the higher chance it is that even though it's agreed and set, it can change, be delayed by a few months. We've been, we had some amazing people agree, Mark Zuckerberg, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, you know, huge names. They agree and then it's like, oh, I'll come back in six months and come back and it, they, they just keep going on. So you just have to bide your time. If you'd like to start and scale a business, get better financial education and knowledge, make, manage and multiply money, build assets that produce recurring and passive income and have financial freedom in the sense of money more than enough to pay your lifestyle, but also money that gets you decentralized away from the control of the system, you should join Rob.team. It's my digital financial education platform. It costs you less than a large coffee a month, less than 20 pence a day. You can cancel any time. There's no ongoing contract and there's masterclasses going back years, hundreds of hours. I'll see you in Rob.team. All you need to do is open up a new web page and type R-O-B dot T-E-A-M. That's it. No W-W dot, just R-O-B dot T-E-A-M. Any web page, nearly 10,000 members. And there are movers, shakers, change makers and disruptors in the members area. I'll see you there. Right, there's one more thing, Rob, just before we go. Something very exciting, very special. Do you want to share it with the world? Yes, there is. And we nearly forgot this, Harry. The competition to win my Mercedes SL convertible. Oof, what a car. Yeah. It's been fun to run this competition. And we wanted to do something a bit special and big, seeing as these series here is hopefully you feel special and big. So go right now to robmore.live forward slash tate, not .com, 
robmore.live forward slash Tate. There, you will be asked three questions from the previous series, all four. I don't know how long we're running this competition, but it won't be forever. So if you go to the page and it says it's closed, it just means, unfortunately, you missed out this time. And I've got some special bonuses waiting for you on that page as well, because I feel a bit guilty. Thousands of people have entered this competition, yet um, only one winner. So I've got something for everyone on that page because I'm a bit of a softy, which I think you'll really benefit from. Especially on the thank you page, I've added even more special bonus resources on the thank you page. So go to robmore.live. Answer those three simple questions. Claim your bonuses. We will get the correct answers. And coming soon, we will make the announcement of the winner of my Mercedes SL convertible. We do, of course, have terms and conditions. Um, I'll tell you a couple of them now. Um, we can't ship the car overseas. So if you are an international winner, we'll give you the net proceeds in cash. Um, if someone wants the cash equivalent instead of the car, we could maybe do a deal by selling it to one of our local dealers. I'm open to you having cash instead of the car. And of course, we've got our standard competition terms and conditions, which will be on the page. Robmore.live forward slash Tate. And you can't enter. Fuck. <laughs> you'd love a big beastie SL, wouldn't you? Oh, with a naturally aspirated German V8. Yeah, you'd love that, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, it's all me. That yeah. is, by the way, whoever wins the car and they don't want the car, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs>